All right. Everyone ready? Yeah. I'm just going to start with the... What uh, are you going to ask once Sam Darnold's first touchdown pass in the regular season is going to be? No. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> let's go. More energy. Your hair sucks today. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's our open. <laughs> <laughs> the game is over. The New York Jets are the world champion. You play to win the game. He's got it. That's a Jet touchdown. Can't wait. You're listening to the official New York Jets podcast, a Jets 360 production. Double feature on the official Jets podcast. Ethan Greenberg, Eric Allen in studio again because Sam Darnold signed. And when we recorded our last podcast, he did not sign. Now we're back in studio. Simply put, EA, what changes with Darnold now in the building on the field between the rep divisions? Well, you know, Sam Darnold's got a good head of hair. Josh McCown always has tremendous hair. So I would think number one is Darnold's going to talk to McCown and ask him what gel he uses. And speaking of gel, you didn't bring any gel this week. And Not yet. I wish people at home saw you because you just look disheveled. But, it, <laughs> but it's very fortunate for all of us here that nobody gets an opportunity to look at you. But on the serious... Right. Well, that, that'll put gel in right after. On a, I don't really care what you do. On a serious note, it's great that uh, the Jets were able to get Sam Darnold into camp here still early. Like we talked about last week, I think, it was, hey... If it's a prolonged absence, then he really couldn't be hurt by it. But I think both sides were always working towards a deal, and they found middle ground, and he only missed three practices. So uh, what struck me, that first practice out on Monday was Darnold not only received reps with the third team, but again he received reps with the first team like he did throughout the spring. Who after training camp again as the number three quarterback, Josh McCown one, Teddy Bridgewater two, but the job is wide open. The ESPN Monday Night Football crew is here actually on Monday, no pun intended. And they well, be, you know what? The, the interesting thing about the ESPN crew too, Greens, is Laura Rutledge, I believe, uh, works for SEC Network, mm-hmm. and she's doing a lot of stuff for ESPN now. She is a Florida Gator, so props, props, Gator chop, Gator chop, go Gators. Uh, Beth Mowens. You have something in common with her. Yep, SU alum. Okay, a, a Syracuse alum. Yep. And she'll be doing play-by-play, Jets-Lions, week one, and then Brian Greasy, a former Denver Bronco quarterback. I don't know where he went to school. Michigan. Greasy, amazing blue. Playing a Rose Bowl. I mean, you have to study up here. This guy Dude, he, he, is, he is old. He is much older than oh, I Oh, you take it easy on people's age right now. You're talking <laughs> Greasy is being old. Greasy's probably a couple years older than me, I would say. Okay. But so, you but should so you, know so that you he watched went to him. Michigan. You're in the National Football League covering but, the team. But man. you watched him. Yeah, I certainly did. I never watched him. Okay. That's your bad. <laughs> I wasn't alive. Maybe you got on the Big Ten Network. All right, let's see. Brian. But Greasy played for Jeremy Bates, so there's a connection here. So I remember that, Greasy on the Broncos. After practice on Monday... The, all the quarterbacks got together and uh, talked with Greasy for a little bit. So give me his age. You said a couple of years, literally a couple of years old, 43. Listen, we're not releasing my date of birth <laughs> out to the rest of the world. <laughs> you're the one that, you're the, didn't you post on your Instagram a pair of 41s, you and Buster? 
Uh, yeah, but so so you released it to the world. Well, you don't know. You don't know what I was trying to say there. Maybe I was saying he was four point one percent body fat, and I want to get to four point one percent body fat. That's touche. Something like that. You don't know what that touche. meant. Touche. Maybe I wore forty one growing up. <laughs> that, did you? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what number did you wear? It's none of your business. Let's stay on track here. Okay. So Greece was out here. The ESPN crew. All those folks customarily are covering college football, but that ESPN week one doubleheader in the National Football League, they put this crew together. I actually talked to Greece about that. So Beth Mullins on the play-by-play, Greece on the color commentary, and I would imagine Laura Rutledge will be probably somewhere on the sideline. Yep. Beth, Beth Mullins was very excited about the matchup between Jets lines, and we'll obviously dive into that later as that game comes closer. Yeah, we don't have to go into X's and O's on that matchup. But but, but she she seemed very excited, and she was very encouraged by Jamal Adams and Bilal Powell. Paul, huh? Yeah. Well, in practice, he had this nifty one-handed snag in the flat from McCown, and Laura Rutledge and Beth Mullins both were, went, ooh, he's been making some plays today, and I know he's your boy, so I had to bring it up. Uh, I just think at the end of his career, we're going to look back at Bilal Powell and say, he ranks up there amongst better Jets of all time. No, I'm not saying that he's Joe Namath, and I'm not saying he's Reeve. He's been consistent. He's been productive. He's been durable, and he's getting better. Another thing about with the Jets' offensive system this year, Greens, they brought in Rick Dennison, who was paired with Jeremy Bates before in Denver. So a lot of Colorado references here today. But it's predominantly a zone-based system. So what a zone-based system, and we've been talking to people throughout camp about this, is what that means is that you're trying to get the defense to run across. So what is that laterally, right? Mm -hmm. And then it's up for the running back to find the natural cutback lanes because what's the hardest thing to do if you're moving laterally is to stop and go back. Paul has tremendous patience and vision, and that burst through the hole. And I love watching him play, but we talked about it a little bit, I think, on the first podcast of training camp. Isaiah Crowell is showcased some hands mm-hmm. as well here in camp. Thomas Rawls is feisty as hell, and Trenton Canton, I have seen progress from him. That first day of camp, it, it, it was like he was moving fast, but I didn't know if he knew where he was necessarily going. But right. you're starting to see him come along as well. Tough break, no pun intended, for Eli McGuire, who's just a great kid, and he, he showed a lot of progress throughout the spring, and he had a good rookie year. But uh, I still think the Jets have a lot of depth mm-hmm. overall at that position. Isaiah Crowell said that he played in the West Coast system under Kyle Shanahan. When he was in Cleveland, I think Crowell said it was his rookie year. So he's familiar with the West Coast and he likes it. And if fans are trying to picture what EA was saying about the zone scheme and the cutback lanes, I think, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think it'll try to look like Eli McGuire. You mentioned him. His touchdown run against Jacksonville, Mm. everyone was running left and he hit a cutback lane and he was gone like 69-yard touchdown, his first career touchdown. So I think that's what, in essence, you'd like to accomplish. Obviously, that was best-case scenario. But I think, in, in essence, that's the general idea of what the zone scheme should look like. That was an amazing game, if you really think about it. And we're not here to rehash last season, but it went for over 200 against, it, it was, against a it was, very good Jacksonville defense. That was crazy because 
Bilal was like in the matrix and didn't get touched by Calais Campbell, who was trying to swipe up and touch him, and he got up and ran. He got to play through the whistle, right? Yeah, and then Miles Jack had that you know weird fumble recovery. That mm-hmm. was a it was a, it was like a swing pass, mm-hmm. and it was a fumble. And what regardless, Jets Jags are playing this year, week four. Week again, four, the Jets open up three or four on the road. Uh, so you know, let's just say the dark cloud that a lot of fans, I, I would say, it was a, a small minority had. Every day they woke up early in training camp. That's gone now. Come on, let's let's get rid of that because I know a lot of people are really concerned that Sam Darnold was not here. He is here. Right. He is a great worker. He's a guy who's going to study in his playbook every night, and he also has tremendous mentors in Josh McCown and Teddy Bridgewater. And this is the best quarterback situation the Jets have had in a long time. You can speak on that more than I can. I, I, I think this is one what, of the... What, are you going to tell us your age here again? You want me to? I mean, should I start talking about other quarterbacks who play with the Broncos that you don't know? Or who, Michigan? Like who? Gary Kubiak. Did you know he played for the Broncos? I did, actually. Oh, okay. Because that, you looked at... You looked... Well, it took me... I, I, I took me a second to, you froze to try for to remember who Gary Kubiak is. Because when I think <laughs> of Gary Kubiak, I think of him as... A part of the Texans, okay. not a part of the Broncos. So I would go back to maybe the early 2000s when you had Vinny Testaverde and uh, Chad Pennington here. Now, Chad Pennington uh, played all his first season, mm-hmm. and I don't know if somebody like you would remember that. He didn't really take over until that third season. So, listen, it's uh, going to be awfully intriguing throughout training camp to see what happens with Darnold because he certainly could be the week one starter. There are old school people who would say, hey, listen, just let him sit on the sideline, let him absorb everything that's going on, and then when he's ready, he's ready. I think the Jets are taking the approach, the right approach, meaning no timetable. When you're ready, you play. And if you're not ready, you don't. It's as simple as that. And it's not like these other guys aren't good players. Josh McCown had a career year last year. He was completing 67% of his passes. Teddy Bridgewater, his knee looked fine to me, Greens. There were three consecutive plays in camp the other day where we were watching, and I'm like, he rolls left. How tough is it for a right-handed quarterback to roll left? It's not easy. I mean, he throws a dump pass, okay. Then the next one, he squared up after rolling left, and he muscled it there. Impressive pass about 10 yards down the field to a tight end. And then the third play, as we watched, he rolled right, had some space, and he slid, and he looked like he was Ricky Henderson out there. It was a perfect slide because quarterbacks are always like, uh, people who watch quarterbacks are like, they got to get down, they don't know how to slide. That was a beautiful slide. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater's knee looks great. Knee looks fine. That was a very good pickup, I think. All right, outside of quarterbacks now. Is there anyone else in the past couple days to you that have stood out? I know that Perry Nickerson has gotten a lot of love from Coach Bowles, and he's made some plays. He, he ran no, through. he was asked about him. No, because in Bowles' defense, it's not like he has an opening statement that says, hey, you know, Perry right, got Right, but, but he, he did say that he liked the player yep. coming out of Tulane in the sixth round. And, you know, for a sixth-round pick, I think a lot of – Draft experts, they like the pick as well. Well, they like the value, no doubt. Right, and Perry Nickerson was someone that he was an active defender at Tulane. And when I say that, I mean he had 47 pass defenses and 16 picks in four seasons. And that's something that Dane Brugler's talked about before. He said, 
He doesn't pay attention to a lot of college stats, but PDs is something that he thinks carries over to the next level. And so far, Nickerson hasn't had a pick, but he's gotten his hands close on a couple. So, you know, we'll see. The other day he, he got some first-team reps in, at the nickel, and I think that it'll be interesting to see how he progresses throughout training camp and eventually the preseason. I think the guy that uh, people come here on a camp visit Who's uh, where their eyes gravitate to is 33. He's the safety for the Jets right. in his second year is Jamal Adams. I mean, Peter King talked about it. Michael Silver is, uh, said, hey, this guy just pops. And he does because, you know, he's loud. He's the guy who was, you know, jumping out of his skin to get the pads on. He's flying all over the field. He's communicating. To me, it starts there. Darren Lee, I think, it quietly uh, you know, and I know it's early in camp. I think it looks very good. You can tell that he's more confident. Uh, he's embracing uh, his role as the guy, the play caller for the Jets now with uh, Demario Davis in New Orleans. He's paired up with uh, Avery Williamson on the inside. I think Leonard Williams came back to camp in great shape. Uh, these are all foundational pieces defensively. But you mentioned Nickerson. Yep. He looks like a veteran at times out there. And, in fact... He got some run with the first team at nickel. And the Jets are going to continue to mix and match, as Todd Bowles has done throughout his four years as head coach, especially during training camp. Um, Perry Nickerson, Derek Bones-Jones, a second-year cornerback, has had a couple thefts, one and seven and seven, one in team, and then he uh, almost had another one in team. Offensively, you know, we talked about Powell a little bit. The offensive linemen probably don't get enough love. But, uh, you know, how can you not talk about Quincy Inouye a little bit? Because, yes, he's wearing the red penny still in pads, but he, he's running by guys. And his routes look crisp and his hands look good, and you know he's having fun out there. I saw him where he lined up against a couple corners and not only beat them with his feet, but then he physically moves them out of the way before the ball gets to him. If Q comes back healthy... And Terrell Pryor becomes an X factor. This receiving core is going to be really something else because uh, Anunua, what are you going to do? You put a corner on him? He's 6'2", 225. I mean, he's a beast. He's a yeah. big dude. He can out-muscle guys. You're going to put a safety or linebacker on him? He can outrun you. I'm sure Jeremy Bates, you know, his eyes are getting bigger when he's thinking about these guys oh, coming yeah. back. And, and then, then you and talk pr- about Pryor. Yeah. Oh, my God. He's a big dude. Hugh Jackson talked about how fast he was right. in Cleveland. You will maybe you have to see how fast he'll be after two ankle surgeries from his time in Washington to now. But if when you mix the size and speed, and you've mentioned you have Anderson, Curse, Anunua, and Pryor, yeah, and guys out of the backfield. I mean that I think you're right. I think this receiving core is could be right now is a little. I, overlooked. I, I'm not going to say underrated. No, I'm going to say overlooked. I, I think that's fair. I, I think with the Jets is that you just look at this team and this organization, you say they haven't made the playoffs in seven years. They're coming off back-to-back five and 11 years. So people are not going to give you the benefit of the doubt. And I and that might even be the wrong term to use. But I would say here is if people come to camp and they take a really, you know, if you t- strip the logo off, which – who knows what's going to happen with the Jets uniforms <laughs> next spring. Right. But if you strip the logo off and you just watch the players on the practice field, 
I mean, people might think a little bit differently about this collection of players and this coaching staff. I would agree. And you talked about the jerseys. I just want to bring this up real quick before we wrap up. Is You put a, a tweet out there saying, okay, let's field questions. A lot of questions about any hints about what the jerseys will look like. Will the logo change? Personally, I don't know. but Okay, so if I did know... I couldn't say. Right, exactly. So, and but Darren Lee do said. Do I know? That, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Darren Lee said that. Oh, Darren Twitter, Lee! Darren Lee loves to tease the fan base. Oh yeah, he? yeah, he, he does. But he also we said we should get D Lee on the podcast. We should. Yeah. D- Darren Lee did say though on Twitter that he believes that the uniforms are straight fire. And I'll tell you, it just means he thinks they're great. Like we mentioned last week, I think that there's enough bright people at Nike and definitely inside our building where all those people are going to come together and they're going to produce a uniform that I think most Jets fans are going to be very happy with. I would agree. And before we close, do you have anything else? Any closing? Green and white, Rutgers Saturday night. What do you think about that? We're going live. I like it. I think this is my first practice at Rutgers. You You ever run to Rutgers? As far as the stadium's concerned? Not inside. No? I've, I've been around the area, but I've never been in. I think camp's really going to pick up. So we're going to find out. It's going to be, it's not quite separation time right now, but after the green and white, I think then you're going to start to see a little separation from guys and the camp battles come yeah. more into focus. And the weeks are going to go really quickly, greens, because you got a green and white Saturday. Yep. You got an off day. Then it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday walkthrough. You play Friday in Atlanta. The team flies down to Richmond. They get a day off Saturday. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday practice in Richmond. Up to Northern Virginia, D.C. Wednesday night, you play the Redskins Thursday. Off day Friday. Then you're already in the Giants week. This is going to happen quickly because it's the dog days of summer early in camp. But a lot of things to look forward to. Jets fans should feel a little bit better when they go to sleep each night. Sam Darnold's here, everybody. Sam Darnold's here. So is Josh McCown. So is Teddy Bridgewater. Who's going to be the week one starter? We have no idea, but we're going to see it play out in front of our eyes. And if you follow us on NewYorkJets.com, Twitter, on Instagram, on One Jets Drive, you're going to find all the information you need, but you got to let it play out. People can predict at home. I'm not predicting this is the quarterback competition. All right, that's all we have on the official Jets podcast. E. Allen, Jets, E. Greenberg, Jets on Twitter. Training camp is here. Sam Darnold is here. We're not. We're out. See ya.